The wizard Galdor has traveled to many, many worlds. Along his journey, he took notes on the mysterious and fantastic things he encountered. Many of the secrets he learned are chronicled now in Galdor's Gazetteer, published by Zipperon Games. Galdor's Gazetteer is a 5th edition D&D supplement that is an advanced expansion of the game rules, including new actions, conditions, and martial options that are all fully integrated into new classes, archetypes, ancestries, feats, spells, and DM tools, plus adventures for both 5th and 15th level to highlight these advanced rules options. Galdor's Gazetteer was inspired by a gamer named Lawrence, who was dying of a rare form of cancer, and wanted his character to be remembered in the annals of D&D lore. 100% of the proceeds for this book are donated to the Cancer Research Institute. You can find Galdor's Gazetteer at DriveThruRPG.com at the regular price of $35 for a PDF or $47 for a print-on-demand physical copy. You can find more about Lawrence's story at lawrencescampaign.blog. Check out the show notes for links. Hello, friends, and welcome to another special edition of Tome Show News. I'm your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brinson. Normally on TSN, we do a short 10 to 15 minute program of short news features about Dungeons and Dragons and the D&D community. Today, however, we have the opportunity to discuss in detail a very popular product that's been embraced by the D&D community. Around the beginning of this year, MCDM Productions began releasing the Arcadia Digital Magazine, and by all accounts, it seems to have been very well received. Last week on The Tome, several members of The Tome Show team discussed and reviewed the first four issues of Arcadia, and in that episode, we promised a follow-up interview. So now, we're delighted to be able to share with you this conversation with the managing editor of Arcadia, James Intracasso. James, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lewis. I'm super excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I'm thrilled. So, James, uh, I first came to know you from your earlier involvement with the uh, Tome Show podcasting network. And as we were talking before the interview, uh, I mentioned that you were leaving the Tome Show network right about the time I was coming in, so we didn't have a lot of overlap then. Uh, So that's where I know you from. Uh, But for the sake of our listeners, prior to Arcadia, which we're going to be talking about today, tell me some other things that the gaming community would know you from. I can list quite a few, but I'd love for you to tell them about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I also did, uh, I had a podcast network for a while called the don't split the podcast network, um, where I hosted a show called tabletop Babble that you can still listen to with a new host. Amber is really, really great, uh, has been on the tome, I think a couple times as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's that. Um, I definitely, have written a couple of products that people might have on their shelves. So I've written seven Wizards of the Coast uh, hardcover, or I contributed to. I shouldn't say I wrote them like I wrote them myself. A whole big team of people working on them. Uh, seven Wizards of the Coast hardcover products that people might know. Um, Dragon Heist, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, Eberron Rising from the Last War, uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, the Exandria uh, campaign guide, uh, the Wildmount uh, guide that people probably have on their shelves. Um, so... Uh, uh, I was a DM's Guild adept for a while, so I have a bunch of products out there. Um, I worked on Fantastic Lairs with Mike Shea, uh, so I've done a, a lot of different game design products that are out there um, that people have. I had a blog called World Builder Blog that is still active and, and posts occasionally. Uh, so there is a bunch of stuff out there that I have uh, worked on that, uh, wow, it's been like... 10 years that I've been doing this stuff now. Um, so it's pretty, pretty wild and really, really fun. Now, one you didn't mention, Burn Bright. Say, say a few sentences to our, our listeners about that. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. So Burn Bright is another game that I worked on. It is an original tabletop role-playing game designed for Roll20. Um, it's a science fantasy RPG. Uh, you play it exclusively on Roll20, right? It's optimized for that system. You can 
play it uh, in person, but you still need to have like Roll20 open to access the rules and stuff like that. Really fun. It's about a universe that is shrinking um, and all of the problems that come along with that uh, disappearing resources, uh, land wars over the remaining land, refugee crises because there isn't enough space to house people. Um, and of course, you play uh, super powered aliens uh, to us. What would be aliens, right? Um, you could be a swarm of bugs. Uh, you could be a giant mecha with a, uh, a mind of its own. Uh, you could be a slug that puppets different corpses. Um, it's sort of like this uh, kind of end of the world. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, what are we going to do? Meets Gamma World, I would say, in, in tone. Um, so, so it's a little bit of lightheartedness mixed in there, too. Um, inspired by your favorite sort of science fantasy uh, genre products, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Star Wars, things like that. Very cool. Very cool. And James, you mentioned uh, that you were a DMs Guild adept. Once you started publishing with the big books, the actual canon books, is that no longer a thing? Can you not be an adept while you're doing that? Or how does that work? No. So actually, I worked on my first book before I was an adept. Um, oh, OK. So, yeah, I became an adept after I had worked on Dragon Heist, um, or maybe while I was working on Dragon Heist, but I know that that came first, and then the ADEPT program started. Um, I left uh, the ADEPT program at the end of this last year because I started to work full-time for MCDM. Okay, um, sure. And, uh, and I, like, kind of once you get a full-time job in game design doing other stuff, uh, it's not exactly... It, one, the ADEPT program is meant for people who are publishing on the DMs Guild, which I don't really have the time to do as much anymore. Um, so I wouldn't have the time to dedicate to it. But two, it should be people who are very current and up to date with that community who are part of the ADEPTS program. Um, and so that was another reason to step down was like, let somebody else have a chance. Sure, sure. No, that's great. That's great. I think once you're once you're up to a certain point of, I don't know if the word status is the right word, but cred in the industry, that it's probably good to clear that spot and let some new guys or new people come in and and uh, yeah, yeah, get some fresh blood in there and get some exposure. Yeah. yeah, after you fail up enough times, uh, yeah. eventually you've got to you've got to make room for somebody else. So. Right on. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, leveling up, right? Like it's it's Absolutely. that kind of thing. Time for somebody else to 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 fight the dragons. So yeah, yes. it should be cool. Yeah, very cool, man. Awesome. So before we get into our main topic for today, James, which is uh the Arcadia Magazine, um, I'd love to ask you a little bit about your personal history with tabletop gaming. Oh well, yeah, tell me, tell me, walk me through that. Yeah, so I have a very like prototypical story in that my older brother, who's three years older than me was playing in our parents' basement with his friends, and I would watch them. And I remember when I would watch them, it, like, blew my mind, right? Because, um, you know, in the in the early 90s, video games did not have the capabilities of what they have now. But even now, they don't do... You're like, I want to do this thing in this video game, and you can't. Because, you know, you can only program so much. Um, and I remember it, way back when, I would want to do all kinds of things, and I could never do them. And I was like, oh, this... You can do anything you can do in real life. You can do in this game plus magic, plus swing swords, plus dragons. Um, and, you know, my young mind exploded. I was a big fan of The Hobbit already at the time and everything. And then one day he had some friends who had to leave early. They needed a cleric, uh, invited me to play uh, second edition D&D at the time. And uh, and that was it. I was hooked. Uh, I was like, this is this was as great as I imagined it would be, possibly even greater that this is happening. Um and then, uh, you know, I introduced my friends to it. Um, I remember I was talking about what I had done at a friend's house and his dad was like, oh, yeah, I have some old books and pulled out the old um, the fantasy trip books, um, which is like a precursor to GURPS. Um, and so we started to play a lot of the fantasy trip and all this other stuff and then continued to play throughout high school and college and uh, just kept kept on playing uh when i moved away from all my friends uh we played on google wave for a while do you remember google wave <laughs> um, no <laughs> uh, exactly that's how that's how short google wave lasted and then we started to play on roll 20 and uh it was it was just a blast um you know and it still is a blast to be able to to play games with all of my friends and i, I kind of always like when i was a kid um 
I made a modern hack of the fantasy trip with one of my friends. And, uh, you know, in many ways, game masters are game designers, right? We're hacking apart things. We're building monsters. We're adding our own rules. We're like, that's game design right there. You are a game designer if you are doing that kind of stuff. So, um, so then I, when I started at the Tome Show, uh, I was like, oh, you know, I've always wanted, I've got this audience now. Um, I'd love to be able to try my hand at game design. And then the blogging started. And that's how it, that's how the hobby turned into something more than a hobby for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's always kind of been a part of my life. And there have been, you know, sometimes there are parts of your life, like a couple months or whatever, where you go without playing and it's like, oh, I got to get back. I got to play again. Right. Like it never leaves your mind. Um, so, yeah, at least that's how it is for me. Sure, sure. So you started in second edition. So I'm guessing early to mid 90s. How old were you? Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, I was nine years old. Um, and so that would have been 94 uh, 1994 mm-hmm. so yeah yeah fantastic very cool and uh so second edition D was the first game you played and you mentioned fantasy trip were there any other rpgs you played during that those early seasons uh let's see so during uh during the early years before third edition came out because then once third edition came out we sort of switched over to that we had friends who were playing that um i remember playing uh this this spy hack that we created um and then i remember also playing car wars uh which was super super fun Uh, so yeah yeah and then we did also then try our hands at older editions of D &D. so the same Mm -hmm. friend's father at the fantasy trip had older D &D books and stuff like that and so um i remember we we tried to play that and as kids like 10 11 it was really hard for us to figure out how that game was supposed to work right um Mm -hmm. and i have since gone back and played those editions and i think probably played them much closer to the way they were meant to be played uh yeah yeah so at the beginning it was a lot of dungeons and dragons basically and a lot of the fantasy trip nice nice very good so james uh we are here to talk to you specifically about your role as the managing editor of the arcadia digital magazine uh how would you describe Arcadia if you had to give our listeners the elevator pitch for it? How would you describe Arcadia to us? So Arcadia is old school Dungeon and Dragon magazine uh, revived for the modern era, right? It's fifth edition content um, that uh, you get three at least uh, usable, actionable articles that you can drop right into your game content for players and for gms um so that's sort of the overview uh it's so far managed to come out monthly we'd have one month where it didn't come out but we put out a whole new class instead mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so uh so i think that counts uh even though it's not officially an arcadia product it is still something that came out so uh it's delivered mm-hmm. through patreon and you can also buy individual issues and bundles on the mcdm store very cool, very cool. How many pages is a typical uh, Arcadia magazine? You said yeah. three to four articles is the average, I think, right? Yeah, three to four articles, um, generally somewhere between twelve and 15,000 words, uh, which comes out to be usually between 30 to 40 pages. Um, mm-hmm. There have been some. So uh, in the early days, we did two issues. Uh, issue one and issue three have four articles each. Um, and we'll probably do some other four article issues. And those are a little heftier. Uh, it kind of depends on what the content is. If there's a big adventure in there, right, there might be maps and that adds to the page count because we've got to have that art and that sort of thing. So, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So last week, uh, the, I mentioned in my introduction that some of the different contributors to Tome Show had a kind of a joint episode where we discussed Arcadia and reviewed the four issues that were out at the time. Um, and the biggest endorsement. So I'm, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm going to stop being a journalist for a minute and just geek out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the biggest endorsement I can give 
what you guys are doing is, and I said this during our, our review last week is, you know, I grew up in the eighties. Uh, and for me, the happiest words to ever string together in a sentence are new dragon magazine. You know, that's, <laughs> that's just, you know, that was as good as life could be back then, especially in a right. pre-internet. If you want new, fresh information, there's very limited ways to get it kind of a way. And, uh, and it was just good. It was a really good magazine back then. And, uh, and something I said, uh, early in our conversation is there were quite a few times when I was reading my review copies of Arcadia that I thought to myself, man, this feels like 16 year old me reading dragon magazine. Wow. And, and there is literally no better endorsement I could give the product than that. There's nothing better I could say. You know, like if, if I told you that every magazine came with $500 and it would also mow your lawn for you, that would not be as good an endorsement as, <laughs> as yeah, the fact that it, it makes me feel like I'm reading Dragon Magazine back in the day. So to me, that's a home run. But, wow. Uh, well, yeah. thank you. That is yeah. that is huge because that's what we're going for, right? Is yes. we want to capture that feeling. I remember that too, you know, getting issues of of Dragon and Dungeon and just like you said, nothing better in the world drifting away into that magazine getting lost in the pages, feeling sad when I would reach the end, right? Like, yes. "Oh no, I'm in the yes. comics now. I'm I'm almost yes. there." <laughs> yes, 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 man. Yes, I'm so glad you understand that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. You and I just became good friends, James, right in that moment. That was our yes. shared connection point. Right there. Um, right. So I'm so glad to know that we're hitting that mark for people, right? Um, yes. that, that we're conjuring those feelings up again. So that's good. Right. So at the time when we were recording last week doing the, the review, there were four extant issues. But uh, I feel like I just saw on your Twitter, I was knocking around on your Twitter a little bit before this, that... Did the fifth edition just come out? Yeah, yeah. So issue five came out yesterday. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah. It's it's there. It's out in the wild uh, and uh, very exciting. So yeah, I'm each issue uh, we try something a little new. We do something a little different. This this issue we did something different with the cover. Um, so uh, so yeah, we the the logo is a little more hidden in the cover in this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's been interesting to see the community react to like, oh, there is no logo on this one. And then people say, yeah. oh, no, there is. You got to oh, look. Yeah. So it's been <laughs> yeah. Good. When a, uh, a good friend of mine was sitting in that chair last night hanging out with me. And uh, I, I think you had put out a sneak peek of the cover uh, for the patrons. Yes, yes. And he's a patron. And uh, he showed me the cover. And exact, I missed the, the title until, you know, <laughs> until <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it took 10 or 15 seconds for me to go, oh, wait, OK, I get it. You know, so, yeah. Nice piece of art for sure. For yes. sure. Yeah. So the fifth one's out. Good. Um, so James, how early in the process of creating Arcadia, uh, did you become involved? Uh, so that's a good question. So I got involved before I was hired at MCDM full-time. Um, so I've been working with MCDM since 2019 um sort of the at the end of the year in 2019 i started working on a product that actually hasn't come out yet called the player's guide to capital um which is this book about a city uh in matt's setting that uh is going to come out eventually but really it was like a pilot test matt was having people work on that to see if they could work on kingdoms of warfare and so a lot of the writers from that went over to work on kingdoms of warfare and we were working on that and uh, while we were working on Kingdoms and Warfare, I would say to Matt, right, our, our writing team was pretty small, like, hey, what do you think about hiring this person? What do you think about we're, this person's really good? Maybe we should get them because it's a massive book um, and it needed a lot of people to write on it. Um, and then Matt said uh, months and months later, we were still working on Kingdoms and Warfare. Matt came to me and said, would you like to be the managing editor of a magazine? You know, here's what I, here's my vision for it. And the reason we're doing this is, uh, we got that art in Arcana book at the office. Right. Yeah. And Anna, who is one of the younger members of the team, who is our chief of operations was looking through it. And she said, why don't we make magazine? Like, why doesn't anybody make magazine covers like this anymore? This is really cool. This is really awesome. And so they all started to talk about it in the office and said, we should do that. And then Matt said, I think I know somebody who can help us put it together and then called me. Um, oh. So this was uh, months and months before I was working with them. And so we started to work on the first three issues and that sort of thing. This was 
I want to say this was May of last year that I got mm-hmm. the call. Um, so we started to put them out and we had those first three issues ready at the end of last year to go, but we didn't actually start to put them out until this year um, because yeah. we wanted to save them, sort of start the new year fresh, build up hype, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So that is, that's how we got started uh, was months and months ago, uh, over a year ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So from the very beginning, you were part of that process. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. From, from the start, which was great. Good. Good. So uh, James described to us the, the specific tasks you do as managing editor. What does that title mean in the MCDM universe? Cause you know, titles don't always transfer perfectly evenly from company to company and from thing to thing. So oh, yeah. what does James's world look like as managing editor? So as the managing editor of Arcadia, my primary job is to uh, find and hire authors to work on Arcadia, uh, review their pitches, accept pitches, and then uh, guide articles uh, from, you know, the outline phase all the way to completion, right? I'm reviewing articles uh, from authors, and then they go into playtesters, and I handle the playtest feedback, and uh, they go to copy editors, and I hire with and work the, work with the copy editors to make everything um, work. And then it goes to layout, and I'm reviewing the layout. And then I work with the art team to write art orders for them. And uh, I also write a letter from the editor in every issue of Arcadia. Um, and I, you know, there are times, uh, there are things coming up that you'll see that I have written as well uh, for Arcadia and stuff like that. So, uh, but a lot of it is working with and guiding authors and doing what's called developmental editing, um, which means like getting the, getting the material into the best possible place it can be before it goes to copy editing, where in copy editing, you know, people make sure that the language is all correct and it conforms with standards and commas and periods and spelling mistakes and all that kind of stuff um, are fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, but that is a, a big part of my job is just sort of shepherding authors and articles along. Now, I will say that a big thing we try to do with Arcadia is that the authors get final say about what goes in. So once we accept your pitch, right, um, you are free to reject any notes that we give you within reason, right? Like, uh, obviously, oh my gosh, uh, we can't have, you know, this misogynistic slur here or something like sure. that, which isn't a problem mm-hmm. we've ever had. Um, yeah. But that kind of thing, right, we would we would handle appropriately. Uh, but for content, right, um, we let the authors have final say. And there are times they'll disagree with me. Uh, Matt reviews every article too. At one point, um, there are times they'll disagree with Matt. They'll disagree with the play testers. Um, and that's fine because it's their name that goes on the article, right? Like when I contribute to a Watsy book, my name goes in the credits, but you don't see like James and Jacasso wrote this dungeon, right? Because a bunch of people work on that dungeon and have hands in it. Uh, and it goes through all of these processes that I don't necessarily touch, but I'm putting your name and your bio and all of this other stuff in Arcadia. And so we want people to know, like, this is something the author approves of and is proud of. And so you're going to see it every step of the way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. So you mentioned that, uh, because that was, that was another question I had for you is, are you going to be contributing at some point? And you said the answer is yes to that. Yes. Yeah. So right now, um, we're working on a lot of stuff. So, uh, I work on Arcadia, but I also have responsibilities producing other RPG products. Um, and so I'm doing a lot of, uh, Again, same kind of thing, developmental editing on those um, and also writing for those. Um, But there's already some things that I have written uh, for Arcadia that I think are will end up in an article, hopefully coming out later this year. uh, Some some monsters um, that are going to be part of a a sort of greater Arcadia thing that we haven't done yet. Um, So uh, so we're still playing around in the Arcadia space. We're still experimenting. And so we're going to try some different things coming up. Nice. Very good. How many how many issues ahead are you? Uh, great question. So five just came out. Uh, we have issues. We have content written all the way up to eleven 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on art right now through and up to eight, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, we're trying to get ahead, right? That that would be the goal right now is we're trying to get ahead and get a bunch of issues in the can and then be able to expand and see how things go from there. Um, because we do want to expand Arcadia. We have ideas for that, um, but it's a matter of we got to grow the team and to do that, we've got to grow the subscriber base and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So let me switch and kind of ask a kind of a personal to James question here uh, with yeah. this topic. Um, so I, I was just this just occurred to me as we've been talking. I was thinking about Matt going through the process to where he is now running MCDM and you now and and thinking about the history because, you know, I'm as many of us are. I'm an appreciator of just the history of D&D in general. It's been an hour since I last looked at something about the history of D&D on the internet. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's just, I love that stuff. But I see a whole lot of people who just started, you know, essentially drawing grid maps in their mom's basement, you know, like we all did, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. and at some point you get good at it, good enough that other people recognize it and start promoting you. And what has this this been like for you, James, to go from guy who just talks about D&D some and designs a few things to now. So you've tr- transitioned from just a writer to now you're a, a leader in this business. And uh, so has that been an easy jump for you? Is that, or has that been hard? Uh, so I would say it's been work, but it's been rewarding work and it's been fun work, right? So it's definitely a challenge. And, um, you know, I was thinking about when I was doing the, the podcast and the blog and, uh, right before Chris Perkins contacted me and said, do you want to work on dragon heist? I was like, you know, maybe I just want this to be a hobby again, right? Like I'm, I'm doing so much. I'm spreading myself so thin. Maybe I just want this to be a hobby again. And I think if he hadn't, that may have happened, right? That may have mm. occurred that way that I did that. And I, uh, and I'm glad I'm really glad cause I am so much happier, uh, that the timing of that worked out. Um, and it's, you know, to be, able to work on this stuff every day is a true privilege. Um, and it is, and to be working with people that I like, you know, with a company that I like on stuff that I like, like nobody, nobody gets to do all three of those things like the person they work for and the people they work with and the stuff that they're working on. Like that is uh, a true triple crown workplace, um, that, that you've come in. And also, you know, I've discovered, uh, having worked with like a bunch of different people on a bunch of different projects that it's not always that way, that even Mm. there are places where people work on games all the time, and they are unhappy for one reason or another. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate not just to be able to work on games all the time, but to be able to work with the people I am working with. Uh, and it was hard. Like I, you know, uh, I did the podcasting and the blogging and t- taking kind of every opportunity I could uh, for free uh, for probably about four, five years um, mm-hmm. before I started to do other stuff. And then I started to, you know, do other stuff. But even that was hard because you're uh, most people, uh, myself included, when they first start to write role playing game products. Uh, don't make enough money to pay the bills. So it's a second job, right? It's not your first and only job. And you become really lucky uh, to be able to get into a place to to get there. So, um, you know, I might not have ever ended up here if I hadn't uh, replied to an open call that MCDM put out a while ago. And I almost didn't do it because they said, you have to know about Matt Colville's world. And at the time, I don't I didn't know enough, but I was like, you know what? But I've got a a pretty good resume here. So let me put my name. It can't hurt. What's going to happen? Right. Sure. Look what happened. So, you know, Wayne Gretzky, shoot your shot, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) That's right. Essentially the same person, same, same right, fountain right. of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, that's, that's a delight to hear, man, because you, I know it is the case that for some people, you know, there's a, there's an old saying about never meet your idols, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think there's probably a similar phenomenon of never actually land your dream job because yeah. maybe, you know, you may find it incredibly deflating when you thought you'd arrived and then you're like, <laughs> about it so that's a great blessing man to be in the spot you're in where 
you're you're do- doing what you want to do and you're enjoying doing it every day. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. I feel like I said, feel very fortunate. And you're right. You know, I know friends who have worked hard to get to a place, and when they get there, realize, oh, this was not for me. You know, yeah. um, and uh, and I am fortunate enough to say, oh no, I was right. Okay, I do love this, and this is a right. blast. <laughs> and like, it's yeah. very strange to on the weekend be like, when do I get to work again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good feeling. Very cool. So without getting into too much inside baseball here, uh, I'd love to ask if you have any sense of how much Patreon pledging for MCDM improved following the announcement of Arcadia. I assume there was a surge, but I I sure don't have access to that, and I haven't hacked any of your computers to find out. uh... (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we had, before anything was announced, there were 880 patrons on Mm -hmm. the mcdm patreon and mcdm has a stream called the chain um that uh currently on hiatus because of covid they meet in person to stream and everything but that's really why they started the patreon was to support the chain um and that's another reason that we wanted to start this magazine was like to give the people who continued to support the chain something um and uh and now we have uh 9400 um, holy so, smokes did you yeah. so let me see if i heard that right you went from 880 to 9400 yes yeah that holy is correct monkey yeah <laughs> and it is i i was just right. looking at it i think it is the 60th most popular patreon like period um oh. as far as uh numbers of people go um and then again and as far as number of patrons go uh, we're like very high up there in games and magazines and we're, you know, we're in the top 10, I think in both of those. Um, so yeah, very exciting, uh, to, to have that up there, um, and to, to see how it's going. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I, I was just spitballing and guessing that you had a big surge, but I wouldn't have thought a 900 plus percent surge. <laughs> so so yeah. yeah, that's big, man. <laughs> and that's over, you know, over the course of proving we can put out issues. Every time we put out an issue in a month, I think somebody who's buying it on the store gets a little more secure that like, okay, they're going to have it on there. And honestly, it's a great deal right now because... You like many Patreons, you can also access all the back issues once you sign up. Um, and so you can get on there. You can see every, you know, all five issues for one pledge uh, and and go on and see it. And if you buy them individually, they're seven bucks each on our store. Right. So like five dollars is less than one issue on the store for all the issues. If you go to the mm-hmm, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, so good, I think good. that that deal just gets better every time we put out an issue for folks to. Sure. To yeah. Pledge. Yeah, the whole back catalog is available. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so James, um, you, if I recall correctly, uh, when you first announced the this upcoming project, you had said that you originally planned to do three issues and then evaluate. Uh, and I think that after the three issues was that month gap that you mentioned before, where you put out a class but you didn't put out an Arcadia that month. Right. Of our, is, is that about right? Yeah, that's um, correct. That's exactly correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, during that evaluation period, uh, what did you find? What sort of feedback did you get? You know, what 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 were some of the fruits of that evaluation period for you? So we put out a survey to the Patreon backers um, and over 2000 people responded to us. And we got a lot of great data from that about what what articles did they like? What did they find most useful? That kind of thing. Um, And so a a big thing we learned, which I don't think is necessarily a surprise, um, was that a lot of a lot like 95 percent of our readers were dungeon masters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of that 95%, like 60% were forever GMs. They, they don't ever <laughs> play. Um, and so we had a big conversation internally about like, should we continue to put out player stuff? Right. Should we continue to put out subclasses and, uh, you know, player races and backgrounds and things like that. Um, and ultimately where we landed was yes, because one was that GMs do like that stuff. Um, uh, but also because we're hoping to expand that market to people who play, Mm -hmm. right? Because we have a lot of GMs in the mix who are also players. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But what we thought of was like, okay, we need to make sure that when we put out an article that includes these things, there's something in there for GMs. So like uh, we just put out a whole bunch of subclasses and within there we put out NPCs as well that have those subclasses or have some of those features. So you have these drop in NPCs with backstories and stuff now um, as a way to bring the subclasses into your world as a GM. Uh, The other big thing we found out, which I think is really cool, right? And again, makes sense if you stop to think about it, but I I had not really realized was like, people want the building blocks more than they want the, the whole thing, right? So like, Yes, people want adventures to run, but more popular were drop-in encounters, right? Give me the encounters, Mm -hmm. I'll build the adventure around it. And more popular than encounters was monsters, which are the Mm -hmm. building blocks of encounters, right? Um, And so it's really interesting to see like, oh, okay, this idea is here. And that again, that doesn't mean that we're going to stop putting out adventures or stop putting out encounters uh, and only put out monsters. But it does mean that when we put out an adventure... We want to put it out in a way that it is either a really unique thing. Um, so like one of the things we have coming up is a level zero adventure for for characters uh, that I'm really, really excited for um, or uh, an adventure for goblin PCs that I think is going to be really fun. But we also want to uh, put out things that then are easy to break up into encounters or have a cool monster that you can pull from the adventure and use. So in Arcadia 6, you're going to see an adventure like that that has four very distinct encounters that you can very easily break apart and put into like any sort of cave underground environment um, and a unique monster that the author designed that is really cool and a really fun boss monster. And so you can use it as written or you can pick it for parts. Um, And so that's, that's been a lot of the things that we have found is like, we want to make things as useful as possible for people at the table. Um, and we found that we were doing that, but there were ways that we could continue to hone that and be even more useful. So hopefully you'll you'll see that. In addition, like we got a lot of great feedback. People really love the art in Arcadia. Um, and uh, I don't have much to do with the art other than saying, wow, uh, and writing mm-hmm. artwork for for people to use. But our art team uh, is incredible. Our art director, Jason Hasenauer, uh, Nick Despain, who is our art outsource manager, who finds all the artists and everything is really great. And Grace Chung, who is our in-house artist who does a lot of the art um, that you see. Uh, like, it's just a stellar team. They could leave MCDM and go start like an incredible art house somewhere um, and be billionaires. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, dude, you're not kidding. The art in in Arcadia is stunning. I man, I it almost to the point of being distracting. <laughs> it's so good looking, you know. <laughs> I want to stop reading the words and just stare, you know. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do an incredible. So you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned some of the drop in encounters. That was another place in our conversation on the tome that we got real excited. Was near the end of our conversation. I mentioned. Uh, in issue four, the on the road encounters by Derek Ruiz, um, yeah. and uh, I said, "Man, they could do a, a a chapter like that every month, and it would be incredibly welcome." You know, that's a fantastic little, you know, just drop this in your it, drop this in your story, drop this in your because 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 yeah, whatever else players are doing, they are always moving from point A to point B. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that was the idea right behind that was like, these are some high utility things that you can drop in that some of them, you know, uh, don't necessarily require combat and that kind of thing, um, but make Mm -hmm. the world more interesting, put adventure and story hooks into your world and that sort of thing. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really happy with the way that one turned out, because it was one of those things where we put it in front of the play testers and they said, well, you know, these things need to be wilder and more fleshed out. And, you know, and it was like, well, we want to make sure that they're easy to drop in. And they were like, yeah, but you also want to make sure they're not too generic, right? That that it's mm. something mm-hmm. I wouldn't just come up with on my own as a GM. And that was really good feedback um, that we took to heart that Derek really took the ball and ran with it when he got mm-hmm. that feedback and made a v- some very special encounters, I think. Really, really fun ones. That Home Alone style encounter against the bandits where you prepare your campsite with like, yes, it's all the stuff the caravan has. Can you build some traps is uh, is a personal favorite of mine. 
Oh, yeah, that, that thing's wonderful. That's one of my favorite of everything you guys have done so far in the first four issues. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, James, you, uh, I started this question by asking about you did three issues that then evaluate. And uh, another question I wanted to ask is, do you anticipate that there will be another evaluation period like that in the future? Or do you think you'll more just kind of evaluate on the fly? Because it sounds like you've got quite a few issues in the hopper at this point and you've got the factory cranking them out. We do, we do, but I do think we're going to continue to evaluate. So I think the survey method was really successful for us, so you'll continue to see that. One of the things that we're planning on asking people about next is kind of like, we want to continue to grow Arcadia, and we want to continue to grow the Patreon in general. We have a $10 tier. Is there something special we can give to the $10 folks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we... The next thing you might see from us will probably have to do with that, and it will probably be something along the lines of, like, here's a bunch of ideas. What are your favorites for expanding Arcadia, right? And what ideas do you know? We'll probably have an open space, too, where people can write in their own ideas. But things like, you know, we've talked about things like letters columns and uh, uh, advice uh, sort of uh, pieces of, like, GM advice. um, uh interviews with folks all kinds of stuff so we're excited to see where the future of arcadia could take us nice very good very good uh so next question james how are you finding your contributors uh when i was reading the magazines and over the last couple weeks in preparation for our review of them um i the first thing i would always do is scan the contributor names and uh I was very pleased with how few names I recognized, you know, and because huh. you know how it is. We, we all know some names at this point. We've been sure. running around in this particular playground for quite a while. So there are there's a there are dozens of names that we will recognize instantly. Um, but I was very pleased with how few of these people I'd heard of before. Um, so how, how are you finding these folks that you're bringing in? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. So we do try to look for people who have some level of experience with stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I invite them to pitch, but most of the people that I am finding are through, uh, like, the Dungeon Masters Guild, or they have uh, their name on uh, another product, like a Cobalt Press product, or that sort of thing. Um, Or they're people whose work I have seen as part of, uh, like, adventure anthologies and things like that. Um, so we have a lot of different people who are, are going to be coming up for us and uh, and writing, and some will be names that you've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. Some will be names who have t- spoken into the Tome Show microphones. Uh, sure. And some will be uh, some will be uh, people again who are who are totally new. Um, it definitely helps to be involved in the community. So a, a big thing that I've been trying to do is like be involved in the community uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit and uh, all those kinds of places. And then reading the work of people is the other thing mm-hmm. that I do. So it's not just like a hey, you're cool. Let's work together. Um, I try to like actually read people's work and invite them to uh, to come for us if I like what I read. Um, sure, sure. So because, uh, you know, we, I want to make sure people are getting a, a fair shake and it's hard to do, certainly, um, because there's a lot of really good writers out there and three articles a month uh, is 36 articles, you know, throwing a handful of other. Let's call it 40 total mm-hmm. a year. Um that's not going to be a ton of authors that we get to. And I wish I could get to everybody. So, yeah. uh, but right now oh, you're it's exactly just right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. There's, there's so much creativity in this community and so much good stuff being cranked out. Uh, you know, someone out there right now is writing their first thing and yes. 15 years from now, we'll all be talking about them, <laughs> you know, Perfect. but, uh, yeah. And there's just so much of it that even with you farming the way you are to try to find these people, I mean, you're, yeah, all you're going to do is get a few, a few more because there's just a near infinite number, which is good. That's a good problem is that there's such a, a glut of talent and creativity in our community. It's awesome for sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, so usually you are pursuing these people rather than just receiving uh, submissions from people blind or cold or whatever. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we don't at the moment take uh, open submissions just because. Gotcha. Uh, so Matt did that for Players Guide to Capital, 
Um, and he got over 500 submissions. Um, oh, yeah. And it just took him a long time to get through. So my full-time job would be going through submissions. Um, sure. And then we wouldn't put out any products. Uh, I would just be right. reading other people's work, which sounds great to me, frankly. Like, mm-hmm. I could read people's adventures and stuff all day um but uh but we got to make money um (laughs) (laughs) that is a darned inconvenience about all this (laughs) it sure is it sure is so yeah 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 Yeah, okay cool um so uh james let me ask you this uh have you gotten to do many other interviews regarding arcadia so far no no i honestly have not gotten to do uh i haven't gotten to do many at all so this is really thank you for having me on and, sure, and yeah, no, i'm delighted and uh that leads to my question that i will phrase slightly differently because of how you answered that is uh what i was going to ask you was what's something you're excited about regarding arcadia that no one has asked you about you know, like if oh, if sure. we just gave you the platform instead of guiding you with our questions, would there be anything that you'd be bursting to talk about that? Man, why won't they ask me about X? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think for me, the, the big thing um, is that this is a like I'm so excited by Arcadia because of all the weird and fun ideas that come to the table. And like, there are some weird things that you, and some of the best stuff is yet to come for Arcadia. Uh, and so for me, right? Like the, the big thing that I like to hear from people is like, wow, this thing was so out there or this thing was so like, I never would have thought of this in a million years, but it's really helped me with my game. Right. Those are the kinds of things that we're, we're looking to do. And we're looking to strike that balance because we do want it to be useful for you. Right. Like it's so cool when somebody says we've run the workshop watches, which is uh, the first adventure that's in the Arcadia one by, uh, Leon barrel arrow. Uh, and it is just an amazing adventure that they have written. So that's the same thing as like, um, I'm hoping that we can continue to tap into ideas that fit into D&D, right? Are still high fantasy uh, ideas that are D&D ideas, but that are going to be new to the readers and also excite them and get them ready to play the game. Um, And so uh, I guess to that end, uh, what I would love for people to talk about is like, what kind of weird stuff do you have coming up? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. I got gotcha. you. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so Leon wrote that first article. Uh, yes. Uh, please, please tell that creator that I love that thing. It's, yeah. I'll, I'll just say it into my microphone right now. Good job. <laughs> I, yes, I love they, that. They will writer. be very happy to hear it. So, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And apparently, Anthony Rapp, who is on Star Trek and is a uh, was the original Mark and Rent and all these other things, great actor. Um, fan of D&D ran the workshop watches as part of a big Broadway cares fundraiser. So like, wow, what could be cooler, right? A Star Trek actor running your adventure about an out of control workshop. Um, so fun stuff, fun stuff. Man, that's fantastic. Very yeah. cool. Cool. So, uh, James, what is, uh, now obviously you're not the boss of bosses at MCDM, but as the managing editor of, of the Arcadia project, uh, what is your vision and what are some future hopes you have for Arcadia as you move forward? Uh, yeah, so I really hope that uh, that we're able to continue to grow and expand Arcadia um, in in the sense that, like, we can continue to provide new authors. Uh, you know, like, it, it makes me so proud to say that you didn't know some of the names and you were happy about that. I hope that we can continue to surprise you in that way mm. and introduce you to new people. But also in that, like, we can just put more stuff in Arcadia for you. Um, I I would love to be able to grow and, and the MCDM team will need to grow in order for this to happen. So it's going to be a slow thing. But like, I'd love to see more articles in there. I'd love to, since it's a digital format, do more stuff in the regards of like, uh, you know, can we embed video in there? Can we? Uh, you know, we put an audio clip in the first issue. Like, can we continue to do stuff like that? Because that is so much fun to be able to do that. And then I'm hoping that we can put out an annual hardcover best of Arcadia thing. 
um, because mm-hmm. Arcadia right now is digital. Um, but you and I were talking before this. You love print. I love print. Mm-hmm. Print's great. Um, and so I would love to be able to put out issues, uh, you know, these hardcover books um, that have Arcadia in them. And then that's another way for people to access Arcadia, right? Maybe you don't like digital format. Um, it's hard for you to read uh, off the screen, whatever it may be. Um, hey, now you can see everything in, in full color. And of course, you know, maybe we'll throw in a little extra something or other, extra content uh, for mm-hmm. people who, who need that, uh, because I would love to put more content in there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that would be kind of the whole, uh, the whole idea would be to like continue to grow and continue to make this into a thing. Um, and then Arcadia t-shirts. That's the other thing that I really like to do. I just think the Arcadia logo is pretty cool. Uh, and yeah. I want it on a t-shirt for myself. So, <laughs> well, dang it. Now I do too. <laughs> I didn't know I needed this product until you just mentioned it. And now it's very clear that my life cannot continue in happiness until, uh, <laughs> until well, I'll I tell you what, Lewis, if we ever, uh, I'm going on the record here. To say that if we have an Arcadia T-shirt, I will send you one, my friend. So thank, thank you, you for for I'm doing this interview that. and uh, and yeah. uh, I, you know it's going to be great. It's going to be hot pink awesome. with the baby blue letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I I look like the kind of guy who would look awesome in hot pink. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. So uh, James, one of the other questions I had about the future hopes. Uh, so I was going to ask you, is there a plan for collections like that in the future? So does that fall into the category of future hopes or future plans? So right now it's a, pl- uh, I can tell you that Matt and I would like to do mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that the team like all around wants to do it. It's just dependent on production saying, yeah, yes, like giving it the official green light, right? But everybody wants to do it at MCDM. Um, and I think, you know, uh, once we get this first year of Arcadia done, uh, I one thing that I'd love to do with the surveys is say to the audience, right? Like, which articles did you like best? And maybe that's how we determine what goes in a best mm-hmm. of, right? Is that sure, you sure. picked the articles mm-hmm. that uh, that ended up in there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And who knows? I don't know. I, I got to think of what we could add that people would like, but something fun. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, James, you have been very gracious to give us so much of your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, just as a wrap up, uh, how can people find you online? Oh, great question. Uh, so uh, I am at James Intracasso. Uh, I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O on Twitter. That's like the best place to find me. Uh, and you can find Arcadia at patreon.com slash MCDM. And you can also find it on the MCDM Productions website in our store. Um, if you go to mcdmproductions.com, there's a link to the store. And Arcadia is big, big on the banner right there. You can click on it and, and pick up the latest issue. Very good. And we'll, uh, we'll include uh, links to all that stuff that was mentioned in our show notes for this show. So, friends, uh, you've been listening to another special edition of the Tome Show News. Thank you to our special guest, James Intracasso. We're excited to see what comes next from Arcadia and the many other projects James is involved in. Uh, To our listeners, thank you so much for choosing to spend this time with us. This is your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brenton, signing off. You'll be hearing from us again very soon.